0: Hi, this is Michael Waits. Welcome back to the Social Innovation Asia podcast. I am with Dan McFarland. Dan, where are we today?
1: Today we're in the Edemy offices. Edemy is a social enterprise run by Sovan Sran and Misa Pang. And they're both two very educated young Cambodians who are transforming education in Cambodia through their social enterprise, Edemy.
0: How great is it to be in Phnom Penh,
1: by the way? it's fantastic it's, it's really fabulous really awesome people yeah.
0: so why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself for context yeah
2: yeah hi i'm Savan. uh welcome to Ademy, and thanks for stopping by thank you um so i'm the ceo of uh, Ademy.
0: okay and what was it like what was your inspiration for doing this and you you know dan had mentioned earlier you're a very well educated person where were you educated
2: for me i got Uh, an MBA in Social Entrepreneurship from Colorado State University. And how
0: did you end up in Colorado? Like, why?
2: Well, I think uh, CSU, Mm -hmm. uh, in short, for Colorado State, they have a very good uh, MBA program. It's called uh, MBA for uh, Global Social and Sustainable Enterprise, or GSSE for short. So that's how I ended up there because I love the program so much. So
0: you went specifically for that program. Now, you're from... Phnom Penh, not originally, right? You come from a smaller town.
2: Yeah. I was born in uh, Sehadokville, uh, but I moved to Phnom Penh when I was seven years old, when uh, my, da- my dad passed away, okay. so my mom Sorry. moved the whole family uh, to yeah. Phnom
0: Penh. But you feel like a Phnom Penh native, right?
2: That's correct. I feel more like a Phnom Penh resident. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. I know how that feels. Anyway, we'll talk later about like, the difference between the weather in Phnom Penh and the weather in Colorado. <laughs> I just always find it interesting when people move from Southeast Asia to a place where it snows.
2: I'm I'm pretty much more like a chameleon, in a sense. Maybe. So I can adapt to new uh, weather conditions very fast. So do I. I'm not picky about food as well, so I love uh, being in Colorado.
0: I just hate the cold.
2: It's not too cold. I mean, although it's snowy, but it's always sunny, which makes uh, things much more uh, wonderful.
0: Uh, Fair enough. And also, isn't Colorado the home or at least the founding place of Y Combinator?
2: No, I, th- I no? don't think so. No? is
0: that in California? I could be wrong. Anyway, interesting. Misak? Yes. Some background on you,
3: maybe? Sure. Um, hi, guys. Um, this is Misa. I'm uh, handling operation at IDME. So I'm originally from Montevideo Province, um, okay. close to the Thai borders. And then I come to I came to Phnom Penh for education. So I I went to IFL for International Studies Program. And then right after graduation, I taught that at IFL at um, um, the university. Okay. Um, so IFL is the Institute of Foreign Languages, but it's in the International Studies program. Right, which is part of the Royal University of Phnom right. Penh, is that correct? Right, right. So I, I, I've I, been a lecturer for a couple of years, and then I um, applied for this uh, scholarship, the Fulbright uh, Scholarship, then fortunately I got accepted and then went to um, Massachusetts. So what is it like
0: in your family... And maybe this is a good question for both of you, right? you were also a Fulbright Scholar, right? Yes, I am. So what is it like when you apply for a Fulbright Scholarship and then you get it? Do you know what I mean? So when you tell your friends and family, there's a certain amount of pride globally, right? Fulbright is a very well-known name Mm -hmm. in the sort of scholarly circles. When you tell your family you got a Fulbright Scholarship, what was that like?
2: I am a uh, first-generation university graduate as well as... uh... The one with the master degree as well. Right. My mom is really proud. Uh, although it's, uh, it's not uh, conventional for women to go that far uh, in, uh, for Cambodia. Cambodian women uh, specifically. But my mom is really proud and she's always want the best education for me. Um, so yeah, uh, it's great.
0: So do you at some level, do you consider yourself a role model? Do people look to you that way?
2: I'm not sure if I am qualified to be a role model. I or think those. most
0: people that are role models, though, would consider themselves not qualified to be a role model. I'm just curious what that feels like, right? So, you know, my dad went to university, and but his parents didn't. So I'm just and I'm just a third generation American, right? So they were really proud when we went to college. My brother actually went to the same school that you went to, which we right. can talk about it in a second. But just from a family perspective, right? What does that feel like? Do you know what I mean? Like you were a Fulbright scholar as well. What was your family's reaction?
3: They're proud, I think. Like, well, both of them didn't finish high school because of the war, because of that family issue. Right. So um, having kids going abroad and obtaining oh, a scholarship, there, yeah. scholarship uh, program, I'm not sure they know about Fulbright. Maybe not, right? Uh, they they maybe not, but uh, education in America is it's it's. Um, I mean. Um, people are looking for right, It's highly valued. Yeah, yeah they 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 have highly value it. So they they are very excited. They they was very excited. to, to have kids?
2: For me, my mom know well so about the full oh, scholarship okay. because really? yeah, because when I was a university student, I remember my first day in college. My first uh, professor, who was a female, she was a Fulbright Scholar, and I was like in awe of her (laughs) capability. So I remember uh, that very first day at university, when I went back home, I told my mom, like, oh, this is great, this is a great school, and my professor is a Fulbright, I want a Fulbright scholarship. So whenever there's uh, someone who is kind of like an idol uh, for me, I always tell my mom about that. And that's how I get her to be more familiar with... um, me going abroad by myself to right. study. And good
0: you know? for you, right? And this is something that we talked about a little bit offline, right? And we'll hmm. talk about it as well. You can only you can only become things that you know exist, right? So, right. If, so when you meet right. somebody who's a Fulbright Scholar and you're impressed, you say, I want to do that. And if you hadn't known that it existed before, you wouldn't aspire to it necessarily because you wouldn't even know it was there. And now, and this is why I asked the question about being a role model, even if you don't feel qualified to be one, you've done something that, You know, very few people globally do, but also very few people locally do. Getting a Fulbright scholarship, going to the United States, going to Colorado, going to Waltham, right, and going to Brandeis. These are very important things. It sets the tone actually for the people that now you're teaching, they can now do what you do, right? They can look at you and say, they did it, they're teaching me, now I can do it. And that seems to me to be really powerful.
2: Yeah, and uh, I totally agree with you on that and because Uh, As part of uh, our uh, work at Mm EDMI, we usually go to the provincial area to visit our uh, rural uh, learning lab. So we are running a re- learning labs for like 400 students uh, nationwide in Cambodia. And we always talk about the need for going to higher education, the need for uh, expanding your horizons. Right. So one way we do it is we <clears throat> always bring our Soviet engineers, our science uh, teachers to go to visit those rural community or rural schools. So, so that students have exposure, more exposure right. to those uh, type of people. So,
0: l- then- so let's back up a little bit. Because all of us have mentioned Edemy, mm-hmm. and none of us have said what it is.
2: All
1: right. No,
0: it's okay. We've all done it, right? So why don't you just give a little bit of background? Now that we know about you, about both of you, you're the CEO, right? Why don't you give us a little bit of background on exactly what Edemy is and like where it came from and why you started it?
2: Mm-hmm. Edemy is a education technology social enterprise that started in early 2017. Uh, We got uh, selected uh, in the uh, EPIC uh, Incubation Program, which is an incubation program funded by Development Innovations. Uh, So we got funding, we got uh, mentorship, we got uh, uh, business training on how to start a social enterprise through uh, the EPIC Incubation Program. And at first, we started uh, on a blended English project. Okay. Blended English, uh, by blended, we mean that students spend uh, 50% of their time studying online and another 50% of their time studying with the face-to-face teachers.
0: And is that face-to-face done in person or is that done through video on a laptop or on a phone or a The tablet? online
2: component is done through uh, video tutorials as well as exercises through our learning platform, Got it. our learning software. But the face-to-face one is done at right at the school at our learning lab in those provinces. Okay, I want to get to
0: the learning labs in a second, but why, when you were thinking about what to do, sort of in the social enterprise space with all the other possibilities, why did you focus on this?
2: Like personally, for me, as a when I was un, at university, I always volunteer at the weekend doing a lot of like uh, youth project, youth focused projects, uh, building their leadership skill, building their soft skill, English training. So I always want to work in education for the young people. Got it. So and I see social enterprise as a sustainable way of doing that, doing what I love uh, while earning at the same time. You know. So for me, I believe in the concept of social entrepreneurship because right. it's. I think it's provide a more sustainable solution.
0: Right.
3: Exactly. And what was your MBA in? Um, it. It was in in general business administration. Okay, so just really learning about how to run right. a business.
2: But uh, we both uh, volunteer a lot when we were right. at university as well. We have known each other for ten years. Yes. Yes, and we usually go and so, volunteer. Yeah, we course. got
3: we got chance to um, like write project proposal and then run uh, workshops and projects throughout Cambodia like across province. Right. Um, so we got to expose to different kind of situation like at school level, at community level, and then in a sense, it gets us inspired to involve more in in, uh, social works.
2: Yeah, in a way, you can look at two sides. Like for us, we are the first generation university graduate. Right. We got well-educated. We are well-educated in the sense that we went to university, Mm. uh, got to be be exposed in this enriching environment Mm. of all the scholars. But when we went to the countryside, when we went to the rural area, we see how the the world of those uh, teenagers are... Limited. It's
0: just so different, no? It's
2: it's so different. So and and you recognize it immediately. Really? Yeah, you recognize it immediately. The way they talk, the way uh the way they think, like uh, how far they can go. They don't believe that they can go far. So in a way, we try to uh, bring those you know the world that we live into those mm-hmm. rural communities.
0: So when you go to the rural community, right, and you encounter a student any age, right, nine years old or eighteen years old. You said that they feel like they can't go far. How does that manifest itself? And where do they get that message from? They're not making it up themselves, right? Is somebody telling them that? And and I also want you to think, is it different for boys than it is for girls?
2: I would say it's different for uh, for girls and for boys in a sense that boys, even if they cannot go far, they can imagine themselves going to work, for example, on labor work in Thailand, while a girl is more limited in their village. Got it. So that's kind of thing. And uh, back to your earlier questions, right. I think there are two factors. both are, uh, for, for them, it's not just about other people telling them that they cannot go far but it's, but it's also they did not see far like they are not exposed to other communities as well.
0: So where do they like, where is the lack of information distribution? In other words, do they have access to a smartphone that's connected to the internet? And if they do, what are they looking at there? Where do they get their information from?
2: Well, I think for me, there's not enough role model out there right. in social media, you know, that provide them with a belief that they can go far, for example.
0: So now tell me about these learning labs. Are these learning labs enemy branded? So they're yours. They are. And this is your idea or your concept to create so, learning labs? Um, so
3: basically, we, we, we're running a blended um, blended English program right and we in a sense we, we partner with the Asia Foundation that has um, this kind of uh, scholarship program for students for uh, 410 students um, so um, we, we established a learning lab in um, six high schools across Cambodia okay uh, two in Veng province two in Cham province and two in Simmb province. Uh, in each learning learning lab, if you you would go, we we renovate a kind of uh, a normal classroom, um, typical public uh, school classroom, and in in each a uh, learning lab, there would be thirty Kindle tablet, Android tablets, uh, one Raspberry Pi, and one router. This this is is the Pi, the router. Raspberry Pi, a router. Yeah, the, this is the the Raspberry Pi. Got it. It's it's um it's like a computer. I know um, this. A screenless computer that yep. can store uh, information. It's really information. powerful and really inexpensive. Right, really Wi-Fi inexpensive. chip. It's, it's very $14 inexpensive. Fourteen
0: dollars or so, twenty-five
3: yeah. bucks. It's really cheap. Yeah, and maybe if
2: you spend sixty dollars on a Raspberry
3: Pi. Right. Yeah, it can because you just spec it up a little bit, right, yeah. right, right. but right. fair enough. So um, the reason we use the Raspberry Pi is that um, it can create an intranet kind of ecosystem yep. that students can learn online without the internet. So that is the uniqueness of um, our program. The thing is, um, why the internet? Because um, in the rural area, there there would be n- not many places that have reliable internet connection. So in order to learn right. smoothly, you need to like be able to watch the video, be able to do quiz without any distraction. How about reliable electricity? That's also the problem. So with this low cost and low capacity kind of technology, mm-hmm. we can just have one one uh, small, solar, small, panel. solar panel, yeah. and then we can run the whole learning lab for up to 400 plus students. Right. So let's just be very
0: clear about this. You're taking a Raspberry Pi that may or may not be, but probably not connected to the internet, but can create an intranet with the other Raspberry Pis. And because power is a problem, yeah. you're using a small solar panel to feed energy into the Raspberry Pi that can then serve 400 people, 400 kids. At
3: a different time slot
0: I understand that. Yeah.
2: Even though it's not connected to the, the system itself is not connected to the internet. What we do is we ask the teacher to download the data. Sure. And then send the data to us. Yeah.
3: So that we don't have to travel back and forth just what, for data. To what achieve. kind of data are they saving for you? It's, um, there are two things. There, there are two, two, two kinds of data. One is the uh, student performance data. And another one is kind of administrative data. Right. So student performance data include ongoing tasks, exercise, Got quizzes. It. So
0: that's the way you're yeah. able to track everything that's happening and then do some analysis on it as right. well.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. That's correct.
0: So what's the so you have 400 people in the learning lab. Do you want to have more? Like, Is that a good uptake for you? And then I want to find out more about some of the other
3: products that Edemy is already built and is building. Sure. Um, right now, we 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 kind of uh, because this is like a, a project that we partner with the HR Foundation, right? And it's it's coming to an end soon. So um,
2: after one year.
3: Yeah, after one year. But what does that mean? Does that mean that the learning labs go
0: away?
2: Yes, in a sense that uh, what we are doing with this uh, product is. Uh, we provide the services uh, to the uh, foundations who would like to bring uh, quality English uh, learning program to the rural area. Got it. So the uh, we provide the services to the foundation, and the foundation are the one who uh, uh, pay for the uh, learning lab and the uh, so the students go for, the
0: students go for free, right. right? Correct. The Asia Foundation pays for the equipment, the space, and stuff. So they renovated it. Right. Um, the based is on your the, design?
3: Uh, it's based on um, like fees. So we charge uh, a fee for the student and the Asia Foundation would cover the fee and sure. be responsible for the equipment and running the operation in terms of the blended English program. Got it. Right.
0: Okay. So what other things are you working on on top of the blended English program? What other products?
2: So while we are running the English uh, learning program, we get uh, to interact more with the high school student themselves. Mm-hmm. And we observe that the way they learn is just not efficient Tell or me. effective.
0: Tell me what that means though.
2: In a way, yeah. So basically, if you look at the, uh, the data of the national high school exam, so so for every high school student, when, uh, when they reach a grade 12, mm-hmm. they have to take one exam. One. One exam, which determine whether they are going to graduate and go to university or not. Really? Yeah. Is that yeah. just
0: like insanely stressful?
2: Oh, of course. Yeah, it's insanely stressful for everyone.
3: It's not just for you, but your family, your exactly. community, your, your sure, neighbors everybody. are looking at it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Do they so, post it like on a wall somewhere to see all uh, your... right They do though, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, so um, everyone knows if you passed or failed. If you pass, you're going to see your name. Uh, if you, you didn't make it, there's no name in it. Right. But, no name and in And it's yeah. all over social media. Oh my God.
2: Yeah, so so every year we uh we have to do the test like we we, we, we we have been there so we know how stressful that is. We one of our students uh spent like fourteen hours a day studying, learning, yeah, studying, both in the public uh, public class as well as extra tutoring classes. Got it. So despite having spent like fourteen hours, she still failed oh. the exam, like one whole year of investment just go in like whew. And right now she's working in a factory in Phnom Penh city.
3: So in a sense, we kind of experience like first hands, like right. how in it is. like, um, in the beginning of the program, we, we interact with her. We ask her the inspiration. She wants to be an interior designer uh, when she graduates. She wants to pursue her education in Phnom Penh mm-hmm. in a design school Yeah. and like within like two or three days of exam. And then after that, the result was negative for mm-hmm. her. And right now she's right here in Phnom Penh, but at the government factory.
2: Mm-hmm. So, this came as a shock to us yeah. because she's she's very smart. She's like she's talented and she's she was um, the, the
3: class leader actually. Yeah,
2: yeah she was the class leader. So and she has lot of all time. the yeah. right qualification to pass the high school exam. So we dive deeper into what is the root cause of this problem and what we found out is that there are three problems. One the way that students learn is uh, one student lack the foundation, meaning that because the the weight of passing a high school is on grade 12. Students do kind of like slack off when they are in grade 10, grade 11. Sure. So they lack the foundation necessary for them to do well. in So
0: they're cramming, the end, yeah, they're
2: cramming at the end. Yeah, they're
0: cramming at the end. Okay. it.
2: Okay. Um, in addition, the way they learn is very ineffective. Ineffective in a sense that it usually class is usually route learnings. So for us, we go and sit in the classroom itself, right? Like the, and we yeah. see that the way they learn is just like route learning basis,
0: just memorizing,
2: just memorizing. Like teachers write on the on the whiteboard, students mm-hmm. copy everything and they repeat that like a manufacturing line you know Gosh. for 14 hours like an straight an assembly line yeah. yeah so by the end of the day you are so tired that you didn't have enough time to do independent study on your own mm, which right. is more crucial for you yeah. to prepare right and the third one which is also a crucial uh, one as well is that students do not have a tool for them to access to track their progress meaning that
3: they don't know what they know and don't know. Exactly.
2: Exactly. exactly.
3: And if they were to if if, if they wanna know it's it have to be like um, semester exam or final exam, which is which is already too late for them right. to, to study. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And the semester exam and final exam are usually like selective in terms of the right. content. It doesn't right. cover the whole things. So it's not like holistic enough for the student to determine what they know and what they don't know. Right. It's so more how, about
1: how are you addressing that through enemy? you
2: developed the solution for that so to solve this problem uh we came up with this initiative called P. uh technology is a mobile application uh think of it as a fitbit of learning in a way so it. students use uh, our app to track their learning progress by uh by first diagnose uh, what they know and what they don't know through our uh So we have like three thousand questions that cover subjects such as uh, mathematics, science, uh, uh, mathematics, physics, and chemistry, arranged by uh, grade ten, grade eleven, and grade twelve. So they do they go through the test for that specific topics, and. When after they finish the test, there are reports for them that uh, show them what are the topics or what are the sub skill that they do not know. Right. And then we link them to a series of videos where they can watch the video to understand more uh, about that uh, topic. And they can also ask their teachers, showing mm-hmm. their teachers, this is my result, like my test result, mm-hmm. and I should, you should focus on this uh, topic and that topic and not cover like. Everything. So instead of cover, covering 100 topics, just focus on the topic that okay. I need to be improved.
1: So you're empowering the students in their interaction with their own teachers, in their own in schools or in the tutorial schools to get more out of that education. Right.
3: right. Correct. In, in, in a sense, we, we're trying to uh, bring students their learning data, like at their own hands, mm-hmm. um, and then they, they see the data and then they're trying to feel, uh, utilize the data to improve their learning gaps by uh, watching more tutorial video in the app or seeking help from the teacher so that they, they become more a strategic kind of learner right. than like um, learn everything
2: and that's how we define an effective learner in the sense that instead of targeting like a hundred having a hundred targets you only have ten targets that is the most crucial for you
0: right and that's different for everybody
2: Right. So it's, it means that it
0: means that you and I could use the same app. We could take do some of those three thousand tasks, and we can end up in a completely different learning environment when it comes down to the videos that we're watching or the teaching that we're getting right. on yes. a one on one basis. Yeah? It's
2: personalized for yeah. the individual users,
0: just based on the interaction that we already have with the application. Yeah,
2: yeah. And that's
0: what a, a mobile application, an iOS app or an Android app.
2: Right now, we only it's only like been five months since we launched the app. That's what I want to know. Yeah, we have like 3,500 users, <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's based on Android oh, only. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so but that's
0: have... because structurally, and tell me if I'm wrong, but that's because structurally the, the market here for smartphones is more dominated by Android operating system, yeah?
3: The the thing is, um, from from testing perspective, mm-hmm. it's um, it's e- easier to, to to do it with Android. Ah, right, because the and, approval process is just instant. Right, and also our beneficiary, uh, mostly in the rural area, mm-hmm. they most of them use um, uh, Android phone. Right, because it's in a sense it's more affordable. Right, but there's also a lot of requests uh, from the students that use iOS as well, like why do you like is it just something <laughs> yes <Wait. laughs>
2: we, we remember like one common place have ios uh, soon uh, uh text pd in students who are using yeah. iphone
0: <laughs> but so this brings up another question that's more business related and that is like you've been at this you said since 2017 so a year and a bit a year and a half maybe right and you've already built two types of learning right one is the blended english And now this application whose name I cannot pronounce because it's my problem. Um, But that is where you sort of help people prepare for this test, right? Or just help them understand a better way to learn is probably a better way to look at this, right? And that's only been out for five months, you said.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I I want to add, like, not just to take the test, but have a better way of learning. Yeah, that was my mistake. Yeah, and in a sense, like once you learn more efficiently, you have more time to enjoy the learning itself rather right. than spend so, over. The so,
0: exact. the best thing I think that a primary education can do, just my opinion, is not teach you things, but teach you how to
3: learn. Right. Exactly. So, the the our goal um, for that not be the app, the Got mobile it. application. Got it. Um, the, the number one goal is to prevent them from being too late to learn right. by uh, providing them the, their learning data, um, changing their learning habits from a last-minute learner to a great u learner right. who would study like daily or regularly and uh, understand their learning competency right. uh, before it's too late. So right. that's the one goal. Another goal is to create excitement and fun in learning. Uh, by fun and excitement, uh, we mean... Uh, Students should be able to understand why they need to learn a certain thing, and students should be also a, be able to understand the application of what they're learning. For example, when I, when we were right. in high school, uh, for example, when when I was like studying like um, limit, for example, or a co- complex number, right. I was like asking why I do why do I need to study this, right. like, What's the application? Like, why do I
0: care what the square right. root of negative one is? Like I right. just don't. When am I going to use that in my life? Kind of thing. Right. And I think it's a common question
3: that students ask. Globally, mm-hmm. why am I learning this right? Right? So by, by making it more fun making it more exciting We believe that we, we can change the way students learn. And so see
0: what, so what you said you have 3,000 users now of this What's been the reaction of the people that are using it? What's the feedback you get?
2: Uh, they find uh, our students specifically find it very useful mm. to review uh, what they have learned uh, in their public school class it. uh, it's also helped them to prepare for the exam as well in the sense that they have more confidence uh, in a sense that they know that okay this is what i know and this is what i don't know so they are more confident in their learning and as has said earlier they they love the app and for those who are using iphone they us every day on how they how
3: can. I get access to this you, you can check It's our not fair to me. Facebook right? page like whenever we post something, there's right. always comment. Regardless what we post, the comment is uh, iPhone uh, iOS please when iOS you. please. <laughs> it's
0: yeah. a it's a high quality problem to have right. Yeah. People want to use it, right. so you must be doing something right. How? But, go ahead.
2: Uh, sorry, uh, but. For for us uh we don't just uh, want them to simply use the app, we want them to use it effectively and efficiently right by that, we mean that they should uh use the app to track their learning progress every day right. uh for about like thirty minutes. so that's kind of like our goal uh for uh, right now is to aim to influence the student uh, learning behavior. Uh, by using the app like 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes per per day. So this
0: is actually really interesting, right? And I just thought about this while you were talking. So, you know, Apple has apps and Android has apps as well that just tell you stand up, sit down. You didn't do anything today. You weren't active enough today. So Mm -hmm. do you send notifications to students that say you haven't opened up the app today, you haven't studied at all today, just 30 minutes? Because I think just like with everything else, right? You'll never become a great tennis player if you only practice the three weeks before Wimbledon. Mm
1: -hmm, It's an
0: everyday thing. Little mm-hmm. bits and pieces, mm-hmm. that's where you really learn, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can do that in a schooling environment or an educational environment, you should have the same impact, right? Right. So does your app do that?
2: Uh, not yet. But, but that's part of the plan, right? Yeah, it's part of the plan. We want to have like a goal setting, right? Uh, like those like those rings that go
0: around right. the Apple Watch, which right. I don't have, but I've seen, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Right. That kind of thing. But
2: at the same time, you also understand that students have different way of learning, different way and speed of learning. Right. So the goal setting features is for students to understand what are their learning speed, what are their learning styles, and what are their goal, and then like. To and personalize those uh, messages uh, to them accordingly. Right. So meaning that you don't have to complete like one topic per day. As long as it is according to your learning speed, you right. meets your goal, then it's good.
0: And every student is different.
2: Yeah, every student different. is different.
3: Right. So uh, what we are aiming uh, for the upcoming uh, development is to create a unique, of all personal learning pathway for each student so we hope to build algorithm in the app that for example if you're, uh, you you go through a series of testing and then the app would be able to to understand what learning pathway that would fit you better than the other person
0: which you can do on a personalized basis right mm-hmm. which is impossible for a school or a university or any no. type of existing educational institution to do
1: mm-hmm.
2: but technology can do that so
0: yeah it can yeah. so how big is your team
2: Right, right now we are uh, eight uh, people uh, in our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Have uh, six of us are full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So comprised of educators, software developers, and business operations.
0: Cool. And how do you fund yourselves?
2: Through uh, revenue and grants. Revenue so, and grants. Yeah, revenue we, is from a, a foundation like the Asia Foundation they who commission us. Yeah, 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 to run the project. As far well as we also sell. Uh, Uh, provide a learning platform. uh, The LMS, the learning
3: management uh, system. So you built an LMS.
2: Yeah, we have an LMS already. uh, So we, uh, because we run the blended English learning program. Right. So we provide uh, the learning platform uh, for NGOs, for foundation or for company who are who would like to provide uh, online learning services to their staff or to their students. So we provide the learning platform for them. So that's how we generate the revenue to support the development of our app. At the same time, we also get grants as well.
0: Where do those grants come from?
2: So one of the grants is from DI, the that's Development Innovations, yep. Yep. through the EP Incubation Program. Got it. We also got like awards money and stuff like that.
0: Good stuff.
1: So a lot of understand you've got the engineers working here and your developers. But a lot of what you're doing is actually content-creating, making it easy right. to access the
3: ed- education, which
1: brings me to this interesting... Yeah, what's going on on the board, board behind me? <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> so that's, um, that was the, the remains from... Um, the remains. One of, <laughs> did that, one of did these, that person make uh, it, or uh, uh, they, they only have the remains? Right. <laughs> um, so uh, it's the in- interviewing process. Uh, so um, I think two days or three days ago, we, we interviewed one um, uh, math um, teacher. For our online content creator um so so throughout the process we do um kind of a one-on-one interview and then ask them to demonstrate um uh, teaching demonstration uh to understand how how, if they are applicable um
2: and what we are looking for for in the teachers uh, so for all our interview process for the content creator we Mm -hmm. always ask them to teach on spot and what we are looking for is an unconventional tutor teachers in a sense that usually for the convention uh, the conventional way of teaching you go and then you talk about this uh, math, uh formula specific formula and go to the technical side of it right what we are looking for is out of the box teacher who can get students to be interested in a way by providing the context the real world application of learning a specific science uh, topics so as you can see in this uh, whiteboard it's about uh, the complex number mm. and how you can use complex number to solve real world issue for example so we right. always look for right. those type of teachers and right now it's kind of like hard because gotcha. typically that's how you learn right uh, by just like route learning process go to the technical without asking like uh, questions like contextual questions right. we try to change that
0: and so does that mean you're going to have to actually train teachers as well? No. Do you know what I mean? So you bring somebody in, their math skills are obviously really strong.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: do you, instead of not hiring them, do you encourage them to just figure out a way to do the things you just said and have real world applications for complex mathematical problems? You do that as well?
3: Right. That's yeah. kind of cool. So um, we try to balance, like um, we, um, we give uh, the teacher freedom. For example, because each uh, teacher would have different teaching style. Mm -hmm. So we want to see that and we we want to embrace that. And on the technical skill, we also provide some, for example, teaching methodology, uh, how to plan the lesson, but we give more freedom for the teacher to creatively explain the lesson. For example, instead of, uh, say, what is limit or what is complex number, he would start with uh, use analogy of a football to explain limits, for example, so that student can understand the context better by uh, um, applying to the real stuff before thinking about the abstract uh, knowledge.
0: Yeah, so teaching in reverse in a way. Right, here's something that you know exists in the real world. Here's an issue that's associated right. with it. And because guess it, what? There's a mathematical solution to that. Right. And mm-hmm. I can show you what that is. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: The learning approach we are using is called understanding by design. Okay. Meaning that you know the end goal of yeah. uh, why you are learning this, the real application, and then go back from there.
0: So what are your aspirations? In other words, you've started to build something that sounds really interesting, actually. You have some really innovative views on how not just to teach, but on how to build the content. What's the, what's the goal?
2: For, for us, uh, the goal, uh, the focus now is on this uh, mobile application. Mm-hmm. The goal for this year is to have how many users?
0: Um, <laughs> the CEO says to the guy who runs the operations whose so, um, <laughs> responsibility is to we, get more. Uh, we, we
3: aim for um, 300,000 um, users for mm-hmm. by the end of the
0: year so that's 100 times more than you have now
3: um, yes
0: Okay, it's only but j- we are
2: growing at a rate of about 30% yeah, monthly so yeah. it's only I think January. it's doable yeah. it's a stretching goal, we like to have a stretch goal, sure. but I think it's doable uh, given uh the feedback that we get from the students. So the goal for this year is to have like 3, 300,000 uh, users. But at the same time, we want, uh, we want the student to use it. Uh, to, we want to change their way of learning. So we want to them to use the app for at least 30 minutes per day.
0: Per day. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And for the long-term goal, we envision the Technopi app as a, a Fitbit of learning, meaning that students use it to keep track of their learning progress and then pivot accordingly, so.
0: Yeah, I like it. Really interesting stuff. Is there anything we missed? Is there anything else that you want to mention that I haven't asked about? Like, do you, would, you, would you expand out of Cambodia as well?
2: Yes, we're hoping to do that, but uh, we're going uh, like bit by bit at the moment. Yeah, so no, it's, look, to, it's a big
0: enough market for what you're trying to accomplish, that, yeah, and there's a lot of work to do.
2: Mm-hmm. There's right? definitely a potential for scale, but we want to get it right. Uh, because we are talking about education, and education is a, it's kind of like it takes time uh, sure. for for you to see the result, the learning result. Uh, so we have to be patient uh, in that in that sense. Awesome. Um, I mean, for, for me, I I'm kind of like worried about the education in Cambodia as well as in other countries as well. Like yeah. we always like we we always uh, hear. Uh, minister of education talking about industry 4.0 preparing for the young people today to go into stem uh, however uh, if you look at the uh, the data like about 80 percent of uh, uh, those who took the high school uh, national high school exam failed on the science subjects okay so we we just want to be uh, helpful in that in that sense to be useful in terms of uh, helping those uh uh, student to go into STEM by providing them with a solution to track their learning better. And we, we just hope that more people are going to the solution side. Uh, right now, in terms of PR, in terms of promotion of STEM Sorry. education, everyone's know it. We have right. a lot of events, uh, the STEM festival, uh, the uh, science competition. But but those are for people who 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 are proficient in STEM, you know. But for those who need to be proficient in STEM, they have nowhere to go. So we just want to fit that.
0: And this actually gets back to one of the conversations we were having way at the beginning. And that is, these students may think that they can't achieve. And if they see everybody failing, they just think it's natural to fail. And if you can build a mechanism for them and a system for them so that one person or three people around them start to succeed and start to pass then they can start to think that they can succeed as well. And now you're building that virtuous circle.
3: At, and the, that's individual, actually, at, at the, the individual, individual level, level,
0: right? And that's actually really important. Yeah? Anyway. Thank you both very much for doing this. Thank you. Yeah, thank I really you. appreciate very it. Much. It's been thank great. You. That was awesome. Wow. <laughs>